Hey Rockville, it's Susan. Jamie and I recently spoke to Barry Jackson. Barry is the president of the King Farm Homeowners Association. He spent his entire career in nonprofit work and uh, he's running for Rockville City Council. Barry is a genuinely nice person. And uh, you know, sometimes if you watch council meetings, a little niceness might go a long way. Give it a listen. Hey Rockville, it's Susan Pittman. I'm in the garage with Jamie Espinoza and our guest tonight, Barry Jackson. Hi. Hey Barry, how are you? How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Jamie? Hey Susan. Doing all right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Playing any pickleball lately? I have played <laughs> every day this week. Oh wow. So, good week. Yeah. The weather's been good. It's been fantastic. Yeah. So Barry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I am 16 years living in Rockville. Uh, I moved here with my family, well, my wife, who was pregnant at the time, and uh, we moved to King Farm, uh, which is a large HOA in Rockville. And we've been really happy here. Um, we've since uh, had my daughter, and then we had another daughter. Uh, so we have two daughters, and uh, they keep us really busy uh, playing soccer, um, horseback riding, uh, DJ lessons. I mean, and um, they're on both on the swim team. So King Farm has a big swim team, and uh, everybody in the summer, regardless of you know uh, who it is, they gather at the pool, they volunteer, and they, they watch the kids swim. So this that's the insanity that we're about to embark on uh, in that end. A um, little bit about me uh, professionally. I've been in nonprofits, uh, the advocacy world for almost 30 years now. Um, so I work, I work with ARP, I worked with uh, the American Cancer Society, uh, and um, I actually worked for a time, uh, we went to Austin uh, for the Lance Armstrong Foundation because uh, I was a big biker uh, or bicyclist. So I was a big fan of Lance Armstrong. So I went down there and came back and that was before he was uh, um, outed as uh, uh, a performance enhancing individual yeah. so I missed all that stuff yeah that was a big deal I'm from San Antonio so oh, okay yeah we, we will wrestle over best tacos at the end <laughs> deal um, and uh, so besides that you know I just um, I love Rockville and uh, I've been involved now um, in the HOA for um, most of the time that I've been living here in Rockville um, I took a little break when I had a stroke, and uh, I know we're going to get into that. Uh, but uh, really, we just we love Rockville. Uh, we love uh, its amenities. Um, we love the services, and um, I can't really imagine you know uh, moving to uh, another place near the D.C. area that would be so fulfilling to to me and uh, to my family. Yeah, it's a really great place. I I was just skimming. Um through some social media earlier and did i see this correctly that rockville is now ranked third best place in the united states to raise a family by forbes i didn't see that but i believe it i'm gonna look it up jamie you want to look it up yep. okay right now. so 16 years in king farm mm -hmm. two daughters i did not know one could take dj lessons they can they can take it at school of rock okay. uh, or bach to rock sorry Okay, so if I'm suddenly busy a couple of nights a week, you know where I am. Um, that's very cool. So talk about, you know, I was a, a neighborhood civic association president. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different than an HOA. You guys are a little more formal, and I bet you had a lot. You were 
very busy. And, oh my gosh. Yeah, talk a little bit about leading King Farm. Yeah, you know, I really wasn't expecting um, to be part of an HOA. You know, um, to back up, HOAs are kind of formed because um, the city, you know, the city and the developer uh, found it easier to have services and to pay for things uh, at a really micro, micro local level. So, you know, King Farm is really a small city in itself. Uh, we have uh, roads that we own, we have sidewalks, we have uh, pools that we operate, we have a community center, uh, we have lights that, you know, we have to maintain, uh, and we have all the landscaping. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something else, but uh, that's really kind of what we, we do. Oh, snow removal. Mm. So um, it isn't like running just a, a civic association. It's a civic association on steroids, uh, really. Um, I think King Farm is, we have a budget of like $3 million or $4 million. Um, I forget now uh, exactly where it is, but it's upwards of $3 million. And then we have a reserve that we operate uh, about $5 million. So it's a, it's a pretty big job. Um, it's a little bit complicated because um, for whatever reason, uh, the developer thought that, hey, it'd be nice to have a president and then uh, a board. Mm -hmm. So we actually have a, a president elected by the citizens of uh, uh, King Farm, and then we have a board, and the two kind of uh, have to work together. So most places have just a board. And then the president it comes, or the chairman is uh, the, the the head of the, that assembly. We have a, a president, so the president does day-to-day -day activities, uh, works for the manager, and implements the policies that the board uh, enacts. So I've been doing that. I, I was fortunate enough to be elected uh, president uh, two times now. So this is my second term. I have one year left. And before that, I was chairman of the board and involved uh, with the board. Before that, going back, oh gosh, um, probably 2018. Uh, and then before that, actually, I was on the board until 2012 when I had a stroke, or uh, 2011, something like that. Mm. So it's it's a big job. It, it it is, but you know, you get used to it. It's it's, it's sort of like um, what I tell people. You know, you you think you know. And then you, you get in, and you, you right. realize you don't you don't know what you don't, didn't know, but you learn. And you know we have a, a management company that's really good, and so um, I, there was a learning curve. But then you know once you get it, then it's it, it's kind of old hat. Yeah. Well, so in East Rockville, when I would do the nine ninety postcard, our assets were about eighteen hundred bucks and a printer. So you're dealing with a lot more, and with that comes fiduciary duty, mm -hmm. transparency, veracity, all that kind of stuff. How can you talk a little bit about your experiences with having? I mean, you're you're not just answering for, you know, why are, why are we canceling the Halloween pump house this year? You know, why you're answering for bigger issues? So can you talk a little bit about some? situations you might have found yourself in sure no um but I, I would just say it goes the gamut so you 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 mentioned you know uh, answering why you canceled the the pump house uh, you know gala or the, the halloween yeah we had the same thing i mean why did you cancel the food truck mm -hmm. that was supposed to be there 
up to, um, you know, why are you making these decisions uh, to spend money on um, the pool company or um, to spend uh, uh, time and effort doing home inspections? I mean, that's, that's actually a, a big um, uh, component of what we do uh, or what the HOA does. Um, so King Farm is about 1,400 townhomes and um, single family houses about 12 uh, condominiums and uh, three or four uh, apartment uh, complexes. So it's, it's really mixed. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that. Uh, you know, they think of King Farm as just houses and it's really a lot more than that. Um, let me see here. Oh, so we, what we have done, and um, you know, I tried to do this over my terms in office and, and with various success, um, we made it more transparent. Uh, so transparency was kind of a, um, uh, something that was, I want to say foreign, but that really wasn't practiced that much. And people were getting uh, upset because there was a scandal uh, about, that was 2017, 2016, um, where somebody was uh, stealing money from the HOA. And uh, they caught her, and they prosecuted her to the fullest extent of, of the law. And um, we had insurance, so everything was fine. But, and here's the but, um, they did not disclose it to the, the residents. Or, and so that was actually one of the reasons that I ran again was because I felt like, you know, even though they were constrained in what they could say, they should have said something. They, they should have said there was a situation, we caught it, um, we can't go into detail, but you, know, you should know that your money will be whole or something like that. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they drug their feet, they weren't transparent. So that was one of my top priorities in getting into office was transparency, so we put out um, more stuff on the website. Uh, we have it, uh, the board book. It's open to everybody who's a resident. Um, and we make sure that the, the meetings are publicized. And actually, I, I fought, fought this because um, there was more pushback, pushback than you might think. Um, the meetings now are on Zoom or on, online. Mm -hmm. uh, and before that, for a long time, they weren't. The pandemic kind of... Uh, made us cross that line but before that i was fighting tooth and nail to get them put online because i said you know people don't like to um, get out of their house for a, a meeting and why do they have to when you can just i mean now the, you can have the meeting uh, virtually so that was another way that we made it more transparent and then um voting um was a big deal as well you know voting when i took on office uh, was uh, only one vote per household. So if you had to be a title holder, but if you and I were on the, the title, right, as uh, husband and wife, uh, maybe you got a, a, a vote or I got a vote, but the, both of us didn't get a vote. So it should have been both of us. So I made sure that the, not only did people get the right to vote if they were on the title, but that they could register to vote uh, if they were a uh, renter. And uh, finally, we actually got it to the place that you don't have to come in or mail uh, the ballot in anymore. We actually have online voting. 
And we've seen an increase in participation and uh, really satisfaction because people, uh, they know they have the right to vote, they know how to vote, and they know that you know if, if they pay attention and that they don't like the candidates, that there is something they can do about it. Yeah, that's good. The, the vote for every adult in the household, every title holder in the household is a good good one. So let me ask you this. Uh, what is your level of participation in King Farm from the residents involved? And, and I raise this because throughout the city, uh, the level of neighborhood involvement in a civic association or a neighborhood association depends on the neighborhood you're in, right? Some associations are more robust and have better participation than others don't. So what's the King Farm situation? Oh my God, that's a great question. Um, and I ask it two ways. First of all, the participation is not what we would hope. Um, you know, people just, for whatever reason, people are busy and they don't uh, turn out uh, to vote. They don't volunteer. Um, and that's really not a knock on them, but, you know, to say that they're busy. But also this, um, you know, it, I always say in King Farm, I mean, if people are upset about something, they will come out. Uh, you know, they came out uh, when I mentioned that scandal before. They showed up. And then they all went away when it got quiet. And uh, they showed up again uh, when we had a recent, um, not recent, but um, a few years, years ago. There was something that would happen with the swim team. And all of a sudden people came out. And then it got quiet again. So it kind of goes in, in ebbs and flows in particip participation just because when things are um, hot, for lack of a better word, then people pay attention. But when things are quiet, and, and, and you know, uh, it's, it's, it, they see the community running like it should, I think they just uh, don't pay attention. Yeah, they're happy with the leadership or there's nothing to really talk uh, about. Yeah, I hope they're happy with the yeah. leadership. But So it, that's a lot to get up to speed on, right? It's, it's a lot just in East Rockville, and it was always a lot to keep up with, with what was going on mm -hmm. around the city, especially so close to the metro station. And, but King Farm, I mean, like you said, that's like a small city. How, what do you do to study up and keep up to date with what's going on and, and what issues people are concerned about? Yeah, um, that's something else that did concern me. Um, so I'm put into place, um, well, with management, I should say, and I, there's nothing that could happen without, you know, me, management, and the board working in concert. But, um, we actually made it a point of uh, making a board accessible, um, put the, the website, the email, uh, the phone calls, um, you know, on the website so people could call. But also, we started a uh, weekly newsletter or news blast to tell people exactly what was going on. And we include uh, city stuff that's happening. Uh, we include uh, county stuff. And we include police uh, um, uh, happenings. And then we have uh, HOA happening as well. And then in addition to that, um, we have something called, um, <laughs> oh, it, it's escaping me right, right now. It's basically a conversation that happens uh, every month. So we have coffee conversations and we uh, switch the time up. Um, sometimes it's in the evening, sometimes in the morning, so that people can just come and talk about whatever issue that they have. Um, but really, we tried to keep the communication open and make it so that anybody who was engaged can engage and offer ideas. 
but also we can get out ideas that we have uh, to uh, the residents. So that is all wonderful. But how do you, as president, how do you keep up with all oh, of yeah. the things going on around the city? And because you know, King Farm is, you know, it's it's unique. It's it's you know, you probably don't even have to leave King Farm. Really, you could just it's a walkable community. But you are part of a bigger whole, mm -hmm. and there are multiple issues. A lot of it is self-contained, with like as you were saying, snow removal and maintenance and landscaping. But you also have to work with the city on things. So how do you keep up with all that? What is your method for making sure you are informed and able no. to make good decisions? No, you're right. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Um, well, I have help. So I have the External Affairs Committee, uh, which we have that you know uh, we meet every month and go over exactly you know what assignments people have what issues are coming up from the city or you know from king farm to the city um i go to meetings i go to council meetings uh i keep up with the um uh rockville pedestrian advocacy committee uh the bicycle committee um the planning committee which you guys know about um and other uh commissions and then um with the county as well so it's uh it's it's a, a little bit uh, uh, of a tough undertaking sometimes. Um, oh, and I should mention uh, uh, the uh, Senior Citizens uh, Commission as well because we have a lot of seniors right. in King Farm. Um, and the, actually, we had a, a big issue that um, the county, I mean, the city did address a little bit, but there's still more to do on that. That's the um, uh, entrance to the Senior Center um, along. Uh, the Senior Center goes... Um, it's back in the back of Willie Gardens and Carton, College Gardens, and it's along Goody. Well, they didn't put an entrance to uh, the senior center from Goody uh, Drive. Well, King Farm, Falls Grove, and Rockshire, um, they have to drive around, and it isn't that big of a deal, but still, I mean, it's kind of an impediment for seniors and other people who want to use that uh, 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 um that facility. So, you know, we got together and um, we wrote a letter, we called, we emailed uh, the, the city council and mayor, and um, we also got the Senior uh, Citizens Commission to uh, unanimously uh, endorse, uh, you know, putting a, an entrance to the senior center. And just this past budget, um, uh, they voted on it and they funded a study. So they're going to fund a design study. So that's a good first step, but you know more, more needs to be done because we really need that access uh, to, to to the senior center. Can I jump in here and Please. ask a very basic yep. question? Because we tend to do this with people. We know we ask them, "What are you doing?" And you know your involvement. Earlier, I asked you about what others mm. you know don't get involved levels of participation, but we haven't asked you why you have decided <laughs> to do all these great things and be involved. So I mentioned, you know, the nonprofit um, advocacy world, and I guess it goes back to that. I mean, um, I was steeped in giving back to my community, giving back to um, uh, what I want the world to, to look like. And, uh, you know, when you work for nonprofits, um, you kind of get a, a good taste of what it feels like to be with the good guys and, and making a difference in the world. So, 
you know, whether it's cancer legislation or legislation that helps uh, seniors, um, you get a taste of that and you learn how it works. And, um, you know, my own community, when I saw that others weren't really uh, stepping out or stepping up, um, that we needed people involved, well, I mean, that just, for me, uh, was a no-brainer. I mean, um, I'm always ready to, you know, and my wife is not really, really that happy uh, sometimes, but, uh, you know, when they need volunteers, um, when they, they need somebody to step in, I, I just, you know, raise my hand. So that's why I, I'm kind of involved. Plus, I mean, I want to be part of the decisions because I have kids and I have people around me that, you know, that are affected by the things that uh, we do. And even though it's an HOA, you know, it's still, uh, they're still affected by it. They, they go to the pool, they use the sidewalks, um, they play on the pay playgrounds uh, around the neighborhood on the, in the common area. So, you know, I, I want to be there to make sure that things go smoothly. It's kind of a selfish reason, but I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth. Well, we should be building a community I mean, we're already living in a community. The community we're building is for our kids and mm -hmm. our grandkids. I mean, that's that's how I see it. What about you? Jamie, why did you get involved with the community? You've met my wife. <laughs> I like to be outside of the house as much as possible. I think she now likes... I'll we'll find out if she listens to the podcast. I think, I think she <laughs> likes to have you out of the house as much as possible. So let me ask you this, since you're from King Farm. A continuing gripe I have is the lack of restroom facilities in city parks. I understand the money issues behind it, right? But King Farm has a very active dog park, basketball courts, pickleball courts, uh, football field. But, I mean, I think it might be one of the most active parks in the city. This is anecdotal evidence, right, as somebody who uses a lot of different parks. Do you know why? King Farm doesn't have uh, adequate restroom facilities because my understanding is there's one portal jump in the whole park. No, I have no idea. And in fact, uh, I think so. Is there a, a Porter John and uh, Manny Savannah Park? Yes, by the dog park. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I know down in King Farm uh, Park, I believe there's a a picnic facility and, and maybe they have an actual bathroom but I'm not, I'm not sure because I never really tried to go to the bathroom there but I, I, it was always my impression that there is one but still I mean I don't know why uh, we have a lot of parks and yeah. I like parks and I don't really understand why there's no bathroom it could be I'm the only dope who would actually use a park restroom right and no one else realized it's it's an issue but that could be the answer well i mean maybe maybe it was money but also right. i mean maybe uh they're worried about you know having the park and after dark and you know people breaking in or i, I don't know no I mean, it could be that I, I think there is a bathroom in king farm park when we were door knocking mm -hmm. in 2019 in that the square the mm -hmm. little park and that was do you remember this Oh, wait a minute. I think you're right. There's a little... You yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. There's a little building. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a bathroom. Sorry for that segue. That's okay. No, no. It's right by the uh, playground and by yeah. the uh, basketball court. So what else do you like to do? I mean, you serve your neighborhood. You're trying to serve your city. 
tell us a little bit more about yourself. And yeah. What you're, what you're, what's important to you? So um, I'll go back uh, to where it all started. Uh, I grew up in Tennessee, Texas, um, uh, Lubbock, Texas, actually. Okay. So uh, you were from San, San yep. Antonio. I'm from Lubbock. Well, Home of dust storms. Yes. Yeah. And Buddy Holly. And Buddy Holly. This is true. And Natalie Maines. That one I wasn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, she went to the Lubbock High School as well. Oh, wow. Um, so then I moved back to Memphis, went to college, and started started my career in uh, Nashville, um, working for uh, Tennessee Med- Medical Association. I thought you were going to say as a country singer, and we were going to have a whole <laughs> different interview. <laughs> and then the interview took a left turn. Uh, no. But so growing up, I like uh, bicycling, uh, I like running. Um, I played baseball, but you know, bicycling, cycling, and running were really my uh, passions um, as I got older. Because I realized you can do running anywhere, and uh, bicycling uh, was uh, w- w- was something that you could do by yourself. And so I, I, I like that. And then um, when I moved, moved to DC, um, I, I met my wife. Uh, well, at the time, she wasn't my wife, um, but we liked uh, flat football and uh, other sports like that. And then, uh, you know, when we moved to uh, uh, Rockville, uh, like we like getting uh, out and getting to restaurants, going for walks. Um, we had a dog uh, who passed away recently, but yeah. um, we doted on him and uh, the kids and uh, uh, two cats and uh, uh, four fish. <laughs> That's how it goes when you have kids. Yes, it does. And so, um, you know, uh, one thing that we do... Um, we have two daughters who could not be that uh, different. Um, you know, one daughter plays soccer kind of recreationally. She horseback rides. She does DJ. I mean, she's a well-rounded uh, uh, person. Uh, she uh, does uh, lifeguarding as well. And then the other daughter is really seriously into soccer. So she plays soccer. Gosh, it's like four days a week, and, uh, and it's on a travel team. Mm. So whether I liked soccer or not, now I do because right. I'm just steeped in soccer all the time. Now you're a fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talk about this a lot because uh, my husband and I, we have one son who's pretty athletic and played three varsity sports, and neither one of us ever played a sport. Jamie, we had this conversation with Jamie and his wife, Kim, last like, last weekend. But they were not athletic, but their daughter plays, which is what, three? Yeah, three she, things? Yeah, she's in the softball, swimming, karate. Yeah. Basketball. Wow. And yeah. Would it, you you become a fan whether you like it or right. not. Yeah, you really did. And, you know, um, so I, I, it's kind of embarrassing, I don't like horses. I'm afraid of horses. Oh. And uh, my wife and daughters always make fun of me. But um, since my daughter rides, I've sit there and uh, watch, and I've get I appreciate them now. I'm so scared, but um, I appreciate the the beauty and the grace, and you know the fact that my daughter can sit on a horse and you know tell it what to do, and it will do it, and it will jump and run and or gallop, I guess. Um, and and it's just it, it's kind of cool, and now I appreciate them more because you know I just. She goes every weekend, so I go every weekend and just watch. One of the things, we had several women guests on in a row, Mm -hmm. and we started that. um, We were thinking about women in leadership, and I am 
friends with, or I met him through a mutual friend with this guy named Bob Blameyer, and he worked for Senator Birch by uh, back in the '60s and '70s and '80s, and he, um, you know, Birch by wrote the Title IX mm-hmm. and worked on the ERA. So we've been asking these women how what was their path to leadership and what Title IX had meant to them. And we've started asking our male guests, well, what is it? What? How is your life better? Because women have the right to a higher education, the right to equal participation in sports and all that kind of thing. So you've got daughters. Yeah, no, I had daughters and uh, my wife, you know, grew up under uh, Title IX. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to say why uh, we need it uh, around, but it, it's been uh, pretty interesting. I mean, my wife um, does well. Um, and she, without Title Nine, I, I think you know she um, she probably would do well, but it, there would have been hurdles, and they're they're removed for her definitely. And my daughters, um, I think, are going to grow up in a world where even more hurdles and barriers are, are going to be uh, um, you know displaced. But it's different a little bit in the nonprofit world. Um, you know, I was thinking because, uh, as you said that, and actually, I, I watched uh, the, the the prior um, uh, podcast, and the nonprofit world, you have a lot of women there, um, and actually, uh, their CEOs, mm-hmm. uh, the their COOs, uh, the directors, the vice presidents. Um, so, for me, I mean, it was not really even a thing. I mean, I, I know in the, the for private world that uh, you know they're still fighting a lot of battles, um, but uh, you know it's in the non profit world you have your boss, and that she might be female, might be male. I mean, you don't really think about it that that much. And so, I would hope you know it's getting better better in the uh, the for profit uh, world. Um, I can't speak to that, but. You know, it, it means a lot to me because, you know, I, I just I have two daughters that are going to go out into the world and I don't want them to find that there's barriers or that anybody, anybody thinks that they can't do anything just because they're a woman. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we've made a lot of progress, uh, but hopefully there's not too much more to go, but I think there might be. I'm just waiting to talk about the election because I hear there's an election. Is there? <laughs> I, I haven't a, heard that. I had a little rumor, rumor about that. Yeah. Jamie, go ahead. Well, my understanding is you're running. I have a couple of questions, but just um, what I always have. So I've lived in Rockford now for 10 years. I think this is going to be the fourth election I've, I've kind of sat through. And I've been able to ask almost all the candidates throughout the time this, this question. It's a two-part question, kind of a long question, but I think you'll see where I'm going. So the first question I ask folks running is, what do you think makes you different than any of the other candidates? And before you answer, I want to highlight that in my experience in Rockville, we have many sober, highly educated, highly motivated people who all tend to hold very similar positions on the major issues. So the answer to my first question may be, not much. That's why I always ask this second question, which is, if that's the case, right, if nothing specifically distinguishes you extremely from other candidates, what 
what makes you different in being able to implement what you want to do. Does that make sense? And the yeah, reason yeah. I ask that is everybody has great ideas usually. No, they, they actually do. I mean, uh, as I look at the field, and we're not even through to September, so there could be you know many more candidates filing for office. But right now, I look at the field, and they all have great ideas. They're all great people. Um, you know, I, I have nothing bad to say about any of them, and I think their ideas are really similar. I would say, though, that what differentiates me is perspective. Um, I don't like to call myself disabled, but um, I think I do bring a perspective on being disabled or at least being challenged um, physically and um, uh, with, with my speech that I can bring a perspective to the council um, and make sure that those views are represented. And I give you an example. Um, before I was uh, had a stroke, um, I took for granted walking across the street because I could walk fast, and so it, it just it didn't ever occur to me that somebody with a stroke or elderly or uh, disabled in some way they might have trouble getting off the curb, or they might have trouble crossing in that allotted amount of time. And I think many times we don't take that perspectives and that experience and um, into calculation of uh, you know the policies that we uh, adopt. So that's one one reason that I say that's a very different perspective that I would bring to the council. Now, what was your second part of your question? Sorry. So, what makes you better able to implement compared to some of the other candidates? Because, in my opinion, that's where I see the difference. Yeah. among candidates sometimes. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'm better able to implement, but I know that what I have done in King Farm is try to bring people together, try to listen to their perspectives, try to brainstorm on the possible solutions, and then try to bring um, out the best possible compromise um, uh, to you know fruition. And then, honestly, and this is a big part of um, you know being in governance is then moving on to the next issue, not holding on to um, you know a grudge or uh, the memory of you know the fight that that just happened. You have to go and move along because you don't really have time to uh, dwell on the past. You have to keep moving because people expect you to govern, and to govern means that. You do your best. You try to you know, implement what is best for uh, the community, and then you move on to the next issue. Just a quick follow-up yep. based on the answers. So your first response was regarding accommodations some people may need. Right. You said, well, what, well, a little bit. Yeah, in that area, what can the city do better in develop or creating things to help people who may need accommodation in certain aspects of life? Well, I don't know that there's definitely anything that we can do better. So I'm not proposing, you know, to have a dis disabled policy, but there's things that can be done in taking uh, into account what you're passing. So just bring that perspective to the, to that so that you don't, 
you don't make sidewalks uh, that don't have curb cuts uh, or, you know, whatever it is. You know, there's, there's things that people just take for granted. And I'm, I don't have the, the list right now, but you know it when you see it. And so that's something that I would actually ask about when um, it, the policies come up, because you know we should be taking into account every single uh, demographic and, and every single group that we can. Um, sorry, was that interesting? No, 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 no. That answers mm -hmm. the question. I don't know if you had a quick follow-up, Susan. Uh, no, are you? No, 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 no. no yeah, go yeah. ahead. Oh. So how have you? How has the campaign been so far? This is the first time you've done this. How's oh it going? Gosh. Yeah, I mean, it isn't the first time I ran, but it's well, I for ran the for city yeah, for yeah. city council. Yeah. And besides that, King Farm is is little compared to the, the city, right? And so there's a lot of things uh, to take into account. You have to gather your signatures, and then you get have to get your treasurer, and yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. Um, you know, just starting it, it's a, it, it really is akin to like uh, starting a business and then, you know, running it full tilt and then uh, ending it. So it's, uh, it's fun, it's, uh, it's exhilarating and it's terrifying all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, like a lot of things, it's always a little bit more than you expected, a little more complex, a little more work. So a question I have, since we focused a lot on King Farm, yeah. you know, you're now running for council. Mm -hmm. So currently we don't have districts yet, though it's going to be on the referendum for during the election. But it won't be implemented. So if you were to get elected, you would be a representative of the entire city, right? Right. So what steps are you actively taking to maybe help inform you on some of the issues other neighborhoods in the city are facing because king farm as you mentioned right is is very i don't want to say very unique but it's you know it's different than a lot of other neighborhoods in the city so how are you going about educating yourself on those issues no so that's a good good question um i've met with people uh throughout the city um definitely i've met with falls grove Frostshire. Um, I've talked with people who live in Lincoln Park, uh, Montrose, and uh, uh, it's west of uh, um, 270. I forget the neighborhood, but it's where uh, Seven Locks is. Fortune Terrace. Yeah. Um, so I met with just individuals and talked about the issues that they have. Uh, but also, I'm going to be getting out and knocking on good doors, uh, having conversations, and learning about you know what actually... Uh, people feel uh, and that they need or that they're they're they they aren't really getting from the city or they are I mean there's no uh, there's nothing uh, that says that they're not getting anything from the city but what do they like what do they not not like um, I try to uh, uh, monitor you know the, the city council uh, the uh, like I said the, the commission as well um, but really, it's it's about listening to the the, the neighborhoods, as you said. I mean, uh, and getting out to the, the residents and actually conversing with them and uh, hearing their concerns. And I also go to uh, events um, that are that are happening uh, around uh, town. We went to um, Twinbrook. We went to Town Center. Um, we also 
the first event uh, that was a listening session was in King Farm, but it brought in people from uh, other neighborhoods as well. So that's kind of a long answer to you know what what I'm trying to do to make sure that I can represent all of Rockville. But I want to say, I mean, I guess I'm going to make some news here. Um, I'm for representative districts. Uh, I, I I really feel like uh, if we have representative districts then we will have really a voice of all Rockville and we can make decisions to move forward rather than just having um, uh, people in one or two neighborhoods. And so I, I know that, you know, it, that's kind of controversial, but I feel really strongly about uh, representative districts that it, when you have people uh, on the council that represent you, that it's better than just uh, at large. I, I you got your questions? Yeah, I wasn't no, sure. No, I, I couldn't tell. I don't have an immediate follow-up off of that. Could not tell. Okay, okay. I'm good poker face. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got some scaling up to do, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of nuance when, you know, big projects have uh, power lines and sewer lines and all kinds of budget impacts and all kinds of uh you know, nuance, multiple steps, that kind Crime. of thing. Crime, yeah. Well, back to your rest, that goes back to your bathroom question. People say, oh, why can't you leave the bathrooms open? You know, the, put right. the park lights on, leave the bathrooms open. Well, we know that that draws people into parks at night and that creates crime and you can... Getting robbed at gas stations in town center. Well, they're, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if you're aware of that. No, no, I am actually. Yeah, I talked uh, with people that talked to the chief. I talked to the chief too. I mean, I know people get robbed at gas stations. I mean, King Farm is is no different. I mean, we have people stealing uh, our catalytic converters. Um, we have, um, well, I believe that there was a. Uh, it wasn't assault, but it was it was sexual kind of assault. It was some somebody grabbed somebody's butt and um, then ran off and uh, it was like a serial butt grabber for lack of a better term. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. But they, they did it like uh, two or three times and the cops finally caught, you know, the, the, the guy. But it was, it was, you know, it was strange and it was kind of funny, but at the same time you're like, but it could have been much worse. Um, so, you know, one thing that we did uh, have was a town hall uh, in King Farm with the chief, with uh, other officers to give us tips um, and updates on, you know, what was happening. And, um, you know, I know that the chief has uh, really been trying to um, bring a sense of community policing to the, the city. And I think he's done a pretty uh, good job. Um, uh, do you guys, do you hear about the uh, mental health person that they hired? Yes. So just to give you a little background, I just left the, uh, serving on the community policing advisory board. Okay. So, so you, got, you, yeah, you know about so, that. Yeah. No, he, he introduced me uh, to her uh, and I just think it's it's great. I mean, uh, I think that is, it's, I think one of the first programs like that in the country. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a n really neat staff. Yeah. yeah, and as background, this person potentially will respond with police to right. individuals who are having mental health 
crisis. Yeah, it's a great, one of the really great new positions that they've hired. And it, it, he, Chief Brito really has built on that legacy of community policing that mm. Terry Treshonk left when he retired. Right. So, yeah. so other than issues of, of with people with accommodation, you know, Rockville is very diverse. An example being is there are people in our city who complain about issues concerning the metro, right, and the metro being very mm-hmm. um, city-ish, right, like very uh, downtown-ish. And there are people who complain about bears coming into the city, right? Bears. That's how diverse Rockville is. Is where we deal with DC issues yet are also dealing with bears. So Barry, here's the real question of the night. What are you going to do about the bears? Barry bears. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> so for, let me just disclosure here. I was so ready to go in 2019. I was, I had all my issues. I had studied and, and talk to people and learned and I go knock on that first door and the first question was what are you going to do about the damn deer and I I am from Texas I my husband was um, a, a hunt a bow hunting instructor for the Texas Department of um, Natural Resources or whatever and we are a family of hunters and my knee-jerk reaction was well I'm going to shoot them and I'm going to eat them and I didn't say that, but that was, <laughs> it really took me off guard when, when that happened. So here you go. You can practice your answer about the bears before you start knocking doors. Yeah, no, I, 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 I so long story, you know, uh, for King Farm, uh, I, I, I'm in contact with the, the, the city council pretty regularly. And uh, my uh, liaison on the city council is Monique Ashton. And so... Monique was like, you know, reading my phone off the hook. And I was like, what's going on? I mean, what, they must be in an emergency. And it was the bear, uh, you know, the first one. And I was like, really? But um, no, I, we took it seriously. We actually got out uh, an alert about the bear just because people, you know, they have dogs, they have pets, they have kids, and you don't want them to, to run into a bear. But at the same time, you know, we took it with a grain of salt just because it was a bear it was one, you know, animal uh, out of the rest, and it wasn't rabbit or anything like that. I mean, it was just wandering around. And I know that the police and animal control, you know, were going to do the job uh, and, and uh, get get the bear trapped and get it out of, out of the city. That's a little bit different than de- dealing with deer, I think. A little bit, a little bit. This is why we need an urban wildlife management plan. That's all I'll say about that tonight. Um, what is Rock? What does Rockville get right? Oh man, the parks. Um, I think they do a good job with the swim center, um, and I think that uh, they have good recreational uh, programs uh, for the kids and for uh, seniors as well. Um, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that. That is, we get more right than that, but those are the things that come to mind immediately. And I mean, the the policing as well. I mean, there's community policing that we could do better, but when you look at other jurisdictions around uh, uh, the county and this, the country, I think we're doing pretty good, and um, we could do better. But with programs like the mental health uh, aspect that we have, I think that we're on the cutting edge, and uh, we're kind of uh, raising the bar for uh, other similar sized cities around us. I'm 
I have the most important question that helps me decide who I'm picking. Go for it. What's your favorite place to eat in Rockville? (laughs) And and just just so you're aware, if you pick a place right outside of Rockville, not within the city limits, that will be noted. Which which is possible because I I am I'm right on the line of uh, you know Rockville and Gaithersburg so uh, but no I will go inside Rockville uh, I like uh, Phu Nam Nam that's a good one yeah it's good no but uh, there was one I was going to pick it but I'm not sure it was in in Rockville because it's right down the line it's, it's right between um, you know, it's on the uh, other side east side of um, uh, uh, 355. Uh, it's a little place called Wing Manor. Yes, I know Wing Manor. Yes. Yep. Yep. And it's Chinese food and it is authentic and it is awesome. My, my daughters made me go there the other this day. This is right across the street from, I mean, not right across the street from the park, but that's the way I describe right. it, right? As you're heading 355 by the recycling center. Yep, right? yep, right, yeah, yeah, by the recycling center. Yeah, it's one of the most authentic chips. I told you, every Friday night, my family and I would pick a new restaurant within the city of Lawrence to try out, and we'd be eating there, and it's one of the most authentic Chinese restaurants. How do you know it's authentic? That's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> How do you it know? It could be psyching me out. So, it seems to be. Yeah, yeah. We have a exactly. Con- we, you know, you know this. Mexican food in the Austin-San Antonio area is very different right. than what people will label Mexican here. It's really Salvadoran and it's delicious and they should just label it Salvadoran because it's it's wonderful, right? Or Peruvian. And most do, but then like once in a while you'll see like the word Mexican food thrown in there. It's like this is absolutely not what I but it's different, right? And maybe it is more quote authentic. Finally I said to somebody who was giving me a really hard time about San Antonio Tex Mex not being authentic. I was like, it is authentic. It's authentic to San Antonio. (laughs) It is La Nortenia. It is very delicious. So when you were in Austin, how that was a while. You know what? That was probably a while ago. It was. Uh, probably. Oh, yeah, 16. Yeah. Yeah. 16 oh, years ago. Yeah. So pre-Torchies and all that. Yeah. Did you ever go to San Antonio and have real tacos? I did, actually. I went down to San Antonio. Uh, I think it was Father's Day weekend or... No, no. We, I wasn't a father then, so uh, scratch that. We just took a weekend down and went mm-hmm. to San Antonio and went along the river walk and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, just enjoyed uh, San Antonio. And, and uh, on the way, uh, they had that wildlife. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we stopped there and it, it was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Jamie, have you eaten any? You, you've eaten at Wayman or where else have you eaten well, lately? Unfortunately, my wife got a little tired of always having to pick a restaurant in Rockville, so we ventured up to Rio and ate at um, the Mexican place up there. How is it? It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. It's not, you know, it's not run by. Right. Right. Wait, wait, wait guapos or? Guapos. We've never eaten there. I know there's it's a chain and there's multiple of them, but we've never eaten there. That's yeah. what she wanted to try, unfortunately for me. Yeah, because there's, there's two in Rio. Right. There's that one in uh, Uncle Julio's. Yes, and I've eaten at Uncle Julio's before, yeah. Yeah. But have you had gas station tacos? Yes. I, the gas station that's right around the taco shop, right at the the Sicko right there, is mm-hmm. one of the best yes. Mexican in the area. It actually Absolutely. is good. Yeah. Actually, that we haven't we haven't picked tacos up from there in a long time, but it actually is good. The only thing only thing that's wrong with it is it isn't in Rockville. Right. But other than yeah, that, it's right. perfect. 
We tried Mama Amelia's pupusas over in the Ritchie Center last weekend. We did the pupusa flight. It was good. It was probably a little too much cheese. It was just a lot of cheese. Right. But and, it was good. I was, I'm was. i glad we tried it. And for listeners, this is the place that adds interesting things yes. to, the, to the filling of pupusas. Yeah. Yeah. I was torn about it. Yeah. I see what they're trying to do. Now the traditional, the traditional were the best. Right. The ones we got that were traditional were really, really good. The one of the people we were with, because we we didn't, it wasn't just me and Dave. We went with other people. One of the people we were with ordered. Can't I, I can't even say it out loud hardly. They ordered the pineapple and the ham. <laughs> and it, you know, I don't like I don't like that on my pizza. Right. I, but I was with others, so I didn't say anything, and it tasted like it sounds. Now I should I would be remiss not to mention King Farm has you know restaurants as well Bodonera which is awesome tapas oh yeah tapas. I've oh, actually yeah. been there with Kim right yeah, yeah that it's place good. Is good and then the Italian restaurant right across Fontina yeah, yeah. is amazing yeah that's really yeah. good yep. my daughter goes to karate right oh yeah there, so we eat at Fontina very often mm-hmm. no I, I love it and we just had a well not just but uh, I think it's before the pandemic, uh, we had uh, a, a beer store that opened up and actually served draft beer. So you can go in and sit down and uh, they have, um, oh, it's a, a band actually that comes out every uh, Friday night, Saturday night. And so, I mean, it's, it's actually a pretty uh, happening place uh, these days. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, and a place that I recommend in King Farm that a lot of people haven't tried is the sushi restaurant. Yes. Right by the Safeway. It is surprisingly really, really great. Really? Yes. My daughters try to go there all the time because they love miso soup. And I've gotten them. I, I love the fact that they are experimental these days. But my wallet doesn't like it uh, too much. But I've given them to try sushi, and now they like sushi, so they get miso and sushi, and that's where we go. We have a hard time going anywhere other than Nawanahano. It's just, it's our neighborhood place, and it's delicious and wonderful, and we love the staff there, and I don't know. I have a hard time. We feel disloyal when we try other sushi places. It's weird. (laughs) Barry, it has been wonderful to have you. So nice to see you and get to know you a little bit better, and we wish you the best of luck. Thanks.